some of you might say, Leslie, you sound like you're in a cave or something like that. No. We are always very honest with you. We could have taken President's Day off, but we thought it would be better to provide you live programming. And today, for some reason, Southern California Edison has decided uh, to do some work on until 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. There's no electricity in the area where our studios are located. So all the people in the studios and offices around me, they've gone home or they weren't working at all, but we decided the show must go on. So in this hour, we're glad to have with us President of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. They're a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. Scott M. Paul, who is president, he has for the past five years, and he and AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters and our national leaders. They've done it through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. Good to have back with us on this President's Day, the president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM, Scott N. Paul. Hey, Scott, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie, and happy George Washington's birthday. Yes, absolutely. I know they say President's Day, but it's really George today and Abe uh, last Friday. You were accurate in that. <laughs> um, I'm glad to have you with us today, Scott. You and I both uh, work hard, so much so, on a uh, federal holiday, and thank you for dealing with uh, Southern California Edison's decision to shut the whole grid where I am off uh, for the day. But, hey, with uh, technology, we are able to make this happen. Um, Scott, we have seen debates. And there are people on the left, people on the right. We're seeing debates before caucuses, as we did in Iowa, primaries, as we did in New Hampshire, and even right now with South Carolina coming up. The presidential candidates all have something to say about manufacturing. So first of all, let's break it down. Who is saying what about manufacturing, Scott, that is looking to be our next president? Yeah, Leslie, it's a good question, and obviously to the extent that people outside of kind of like cable news junkies or voters in the early primary states that are getting inundated with uh, tens of millions of dollars of TV ads, uh, you know, the average person may be you know, slightly tuned in, probably knows about Donald Trump, it's hard not to, um, and what's going on, and, and you hear some, some things about uh, immigration, uh, you hear conversations about ISIS, and then obviously kind of Trump's personality uh, plays a big role. Uh, but a as they start moving into states where uh, there's some industry, uh, uh, the, the candidates are talking a little bit more about, uh, about factory jobs, uh, about trade policy, uh, and about what, what they want to do to try to uh, rebuild the middle class. Um, and it is, it's almost as if you can predict this every four years or so, um, because, you know, you, you have some geopolitically important states like South Carolina that has a big manufacturing base. They'll, they'll shift to, uh, the Super Tuesday states, uh, and then to Ohio and, and Michigan, you know, part of our industrial heartland, uh, and and you'll you'll hear the conversations heat up, and and obviously it's hard not to know what Donald Trump thinks about China. Uh, he he talks about it practically every day. Uh, he thinks our policy is wrecked and it's cost us a lot of factory jobs. Uh, but beyond Trump, uh, there are uh, other 
there are definitely other um, uh, uh, candidates uh, who who are talking about this a little more. And I'll just give you one example. So you know, John Kasich had had a, had a great night in New Hampshire. Uh, kind of, I guess, finished uh, f- finished third and and won the won the you know the the mini mainstream Republican primary there. Um, and the next day, you know, gets on a plane, goes to goes to South Carolina. One of the first one of the first things he does is goes to a steel mill uh, and talks about uh, the importance of manufacturing, the fact that he has, uh, you know, was born in Pittsburgh uh, as governor of Ohio, uh, and, and thinks that the steel industry is getting whacked by China. So uh, th- that goes to show you that people are kind of trending towards talking about this a little more, uh, which I, I think ultimately on both the Democratic and the Republican sides uh, will, be, will be beneficial and will hopefully result uh, in, some, in some policies that would be headed in the right direction as well. Uh, and, and speaking of heading in the right direction, this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg, isn't it, Scott? I mean, talk to us why this is not just such an important topic now for the you know, potential nominees, but why this is even going to be a bigger deal once somebody is elected. Well, it's it's a huge deal, and I obviously uh, you know work for the Alliance for American Manufacturing, but it's also a passion, and I think it's incredibly important to our country's economic future. When you think about how the middle class got built in this country, had everything to do uh, with with manufacturing and also empowering workers at the same time. When you think about how we're able to project strength all across. The globe, part of it is based on, you know, soft power and the American ideal and our diplomacy, but part of it is based on the fact that we have uh, a large, sophisticated, uh, high-tech uh, military-industrial base uh, that, that, that we've built up um, through, through our, our factory workers, uh, in part. And, uh, you know, if you think about our country's heritage, and, and, and I'm going to go all the way back to George Washington here, because there was a, there was a debate uh, when Washington was president, uh, and, you know, Thomas Jefferson and the slave owners in the South were like, you know, let's, let's just farm. Let's plant seeds in the ground. Let's farm, uh, and, and, and our country will be perfectly fine. Uh, Washington, uh, Alexander Hamilton, and others said, you know what, we've got to make stuff. Too. We don't want to be dependent on the French Navy uh, all the time to kind of bail us out if we, if we get into trouble. We need to have our own industry. We're dependent on Britain right now for our nails and all of this stuff. So it's, it's, been, it's been part of the, the national ethos uh, for, for, for a very long time. And I just add, Leslie, that I think a lot of people, even though the, you know, the, uh, the unemployment rate's coming down, more people are finding jobs. Uh, we're fi- we're finally seeing a little bit of evidence that wages are ticking up. Yeah, people are still feeling anxious about the economy. There's a lot of student debt out there. There's not a lot of middle class jobs available for people who don't have a four year college degree as well. And and part of the reason for that is that there just hasn't been that much hiring uh, in manufacturing uh, over the last. Uh, over the over the last fifteen years or so, and, and so we really need to jumpstart it. Uh, and, and it's not the robots that are eating the jobs; it's actually that we have kind of lousy policies uh, that, that we can that we can get back. And part of the reason is Wall Street as well. But but there's a lot that can be done 
to really uh, revitalize manufacturing. It, and it would have a benefit not only for the people who work in factories and their families, but, but for our entire country for the reasons that I just laid out. We have some states that matter more than others with regard to manufacturing. South Carolina, Ohio, those are two. Why do these states play a bigger role with regard to manufacturing, not just in America, but we're speaking to this sector of the population and of the workforce, especially in those two states, will matter more for politicians wanting? Well, well they, they sure do for two reasons, part, part of which is the, the calendar, right? It's all about momentum, and, and, a, and a win in South Carolina is going to make a, make a big difference for folks, or it's going to, you know, it, it, it's going to tee up uh, Super Tuesday. Uh, and then when you get into Ohio after Super Tuesday, it's delegate-rich, uh, and it matters a lot for the general election. It's always a swing state, you know, and, and, and every, everybody tries to win it. And you see this, the presidential race, race centered around just a few states, and Ohio is one of them. And, and so you have that political layer. The economic layer is that these are states, uh, more so than Iowa, more so than New Hampshire, uh, that, that have a lot riding on the success of our factories. Uh, you, down in South Carolina, uh, you have some foreign-invested companies that have come in, uh, like BMW, Michelin, Boeing, uh, have established operations. Uh, you know, they, they depend on you know, a, a fair level of the dollar. They depend on a good trade policy. They depend on a, a lot of other factors to be successful. And, and in Ohio, you know, you've seen a lot of manufacturing job loss uh, because of uh, what's happened in the steel industry or the auto sector, jobs shipped to, to Mexico or to China. Uh, and so there's a big concern about that. And cities like Cleveland haven't rebounded back as fast as the rest of some other cities, in part because there's a lot of manufacturing jobs there uh, that, 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 have not yet, uh, that have not yet come back. We're going to take a break. We have a lot to talk about with regard you can call us if you have questions. Eight eight six five three seven five four three. In uh, before New Hampshire, there were manufacturing, manufacturing policies of candidates and that. Um, we're going to look at the top candidates where they stand on manufacturing. And Donald Trump likes to talk about trade. Well, he has a lot of facts that we're missing. Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, will give us the facts right after this. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall. He is Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM. Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Happy George Washington's birthday, President's Day, and all of that. Um, let's talk about some of the manufacturing policies of candidates in the past, Scott, because this may jog some of the voters who are older. And you know, remember not the not the you know young youth vote millennials, but people looking back about policies of manufacturing from past candidates. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's worth considering because while you know no election ever repeats the past, uh, particularly among the Republicans, um, it, it's kind of good to figure out what ground they're on because some of them and and so much of the money on the Republican side this year is dominated by the you know by the Koch brothers and their ilk. Uh, which are you know which are very free market they they, they call themselves free trade uh, and, and 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 really what a lot of those policies end up doing is shipping jobs overseas and so it's interesting when you look back at at, at conservatives or republicans and and see their policies uh, it, it's pretty stunning I, I mean Ronald Reagan yeah he talked up the free market uh, he also put big tariffs on uh, imported motorcycles to to save Harley Davidson, uh, you know, an American iconic brand, um, and 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 understood the, the at least in that respect uh, the importance of, of of manufacturing to our economy and those jobs to the to the communities where Harley has factories, uh, places like uh, you know Kansas City and, and and Milwaukee and 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 in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. Uh, you even look at George Bush, who, you know, on the on the trade agreement front, um, uh, w- wasn't a great president. He promoted some free trade agreements that I, that I thought cost jobs, but but he actually took a specific action to uh, put tariffs on imported steel uh, to protect the domestic steel industry for a while, which was really reeling uh, from uh, from unfair import competition uh, at 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 the time. Um, and I, I hate to do this, but you can go back all the way to, to Richard Nixon, uh, who, believe me, made, made a lot of mistakes. But, but on the economy, uh, he wanted a competitive dollar. Uh, he didn't want a trade deficit. Uh, and, and he felt very strongly uh, about, uh, about setting up a policy that way. And so, if, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll hear, and, I, and, I, and Leslie, I know you're on Fox News from time to time, just the talking points. Oh, the, the Democrats just talk about the trade stuff for the, for the unions. That's all they're interested in. Well, it's actually not true. I mean, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of Republican presidents who have, who have done things and who, who have spoken out uh, over time on this, and, and it's obviously because they thought uh, that it was in, in our national interest uh, to do so. And so just to, to dismiss what Trump is saying that way or what someone like John Kasich is, is saying that way uh, would, would, I think, be a huge mistake uh, for all those pundits out there. You know, interestingly enough, and I am not fans of these two people politically, one of them I do happen to know personally, and he's very different personally than politically, but Rick Santorum and Mike Huckabee, Although those are names some people even roll eyes at that have run, and I definitely don't agree with 99.9% of what they say. However, both of them won Iowa, and both of them brought up manufacturing. Uh, Rick Santorum brought it up a lot. Mike Huckabee even said, quote, if someone else is supplying bullets, bombs, tanks, planes, trains, trucks, and ammunition, then whoever is supplying that owns us. And quite frankly, that's pretty much a union mindset. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's and it's worth considering this uh, that you know in, in Iowa, you know, they they both had a combination of kind of evangelical Christians and economic populism, uh, and, and that was you know their formula to success in those states. And it's also 
what I think, I, obviously, I think this time the a lot of the evangelicals split to, to Ted Cruz. A lot of the a lot of the economic populists split to Trump, uh, and it was a, a really close race. Um, but I think that's absolutely absolutely true, Leslie. Now, I will also be very quick to add that there's a big difference between what people say on the campaign trail <laughs> and and what they end up doing, and that applies to Democrats and Republicans. So. Folks who are listening should take it with a grain of salt, and it's, it's going to be up to all of us to make sure that whoever's elected is, is going to follow through on what, whatever commitments they're making during this uh, election season. Absolutely. I think it also speaks to, with Santorum and Huckabee as examples, that manufacturing is not, nor should it be, quote, a liberal or democratic or even just a union issue. It is an American issue. It is an issue of job creation. It is an issue of a better economy for Americans and for America. In other words, manufacturing shouldn't be used as a political pawn, left or right. Well, that's exactly right. And if you if you talk to people, or if you look at polls, uh, you find that independents, Republicans, uh, feel just as strongly about trade with China. Uh, manufacturing and its importance to national security, the importance of factory jobs to the middle class, as Democrats do. And this is not to, to say that the Democratic, the union support is not critical. It really is. It, it, it helps to drive this in a lot of ways. But, but it, is, it is an issue uh, on which there's broad agreement among the voters, Leslie. Um, absolutely. Um, I'm, I think we're going to be going to a break, and I don't want to interrupt that by asking a question, not giving you time to answer. So let's take a break, and when we come back after this break, let's talk after we've seen Iowa and New Hampshire, where Cruz and Rubio on the right, Clinton and Sanders on the left. And we are back with our guests. We have some calls. And if you want to join us, Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM, is here to take them. By the way, be sure to follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul, A-A-M-S-C-O-T-P-P-A-U-L. And the website for the AAM is AmericanManufacturing.org. Check it out. Scott, thanks for holding. Uh, welcome back. We talked about people of the past. We'll talk about and break it down candidates currently. But let's take some calls, shall we? Oh, sounds great, Leslie. Look forward to it. Actually, actually, we just went to go to him. Brett in Iowa's line dropped on line two. Brett, give us a buzz back eight 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 six Leslie, especially because Brett's in Iowa, and we you know love to hear what happened there. So let's take a look at some people and start with Ted Cruz since he won the caucus in Iowa. Um, some people refer to Ted Cruz with regard to manufacturing as killer Ted Cruz. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Ted, Ted Cruz has a very mixed record on this. I mean, he, you know, in the in the private sector, he actually was at a law firm that represented a lot of a, a lot of overseas importers uh, who were involved with trade cases uh, in domestic manufacturing, and it was it, it's an issue that uh, his his primary opponent uh, when he was running for the Senate in. Uh, uh, in Texas, uh, brought brought to the fore. Um, you know, a, as a senator, uh, he's 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 kind of indicated support for trade with China. Uh, initially, he sounded he like he sounded uh, like he supported the idea 
of a free trade agreement with uh, uh, Japan and other Pacific Rim nations. Um, however, politicians often have conversions, Leslie, as you know, and and he he now calls uh, the the president's trade agenda Obama trade, uh, trying yep. to you know trying trying to trying to build on the Obamacare criticism that that some of the conservatives had. Uh, he, he doesn't talk about it a lot, but but he's definitely trying to appeal to the uh, uh, to, to, to the to the anti-Obama base with his with his position on this, which uh, you know, which which I will politely say has been flexible. Okay, well that's uh, more than fair, I think. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Rubio. I know that he said no specific proposals regarding manufacturing, but he did a couple of months ago give a speech on the subject. Um, he is calling for a national regulatory budget, also tax reform. Um, he puts big emphasis on skills training for the modern economy. So at the end of the day, how does that play into the manufacturing sector? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So uh, Rubio has, has talked about manufacturing, thinks it's a great career, and so I appreciate any politician uh, that says that. I mean, John McCain went out of his way to say that uh, those jobs aren't coming back. We ought to just forget about it. And so, so I think that I mean, we all saw what happened to McCain in the election. He got wiped out. But uh, so, so I, I, th- I think at least Rubio and the others have, have learned from that. Uh, over the last uh, over the last eight years, uh, but but Rubio's solution is robots. He thinks that the United States is going to be competitive through through automation. Thinks we shouldn't raise the minimum wage. That that will cost more manufacturing jobs going overseas. Uh, we should invest in automation. We should invest in in upskilling workers too. Uh, and and on trade policy, uh, he is uh, you know he he has uh, been very cagey. About uh, where he stands on the Trans-Pacific Partnership now, although in the past he supported a pretty broad free trade agenda, which I think again many people would argue has has caused some uh, some jobs to be shipped uh, overseas, and, and uh, he has not supported uh, Rubio. That is, has not supported efforts to crack down on on China's currency manipulation, which is one of the things at the top of uh, Trump's agenda. Um, we have a lot of people actually on uh, Twitter, and I'll take whatever I can get, being that we have no electricity, but somehow we're getting Internet. Thank you to somebody free in the neighborhood helping us here. Um, uh, Kevin talks about, with regard to manufacturing, tweeting that Trump's a pure hypocrite while his campaign says he, promo- he promotes um, it's missing an action in his clothesline, and we've talked about that before. Um, and, uh, another individual says you've got to rock the, the vote. Uh, another individual says that when we ask how much does manufacturing matter to you, and this is Den, Den tweets, mucho. Sharon says her husband works in a factory, and they, too, are closing their doors. It's sad. Being, Scott, that the economy is not just number one, but probably top five now in all Americans, left or right, or in between or undecided minds, why aren't we hearing more specifics, left and right, from candidates regarding how are they going to bring jobs back? Because jobs are a huge part of the economy. How are they going to improve the economy? What I'm hearing, especially from Trump at his press conference today, is who's a liar, how many lawyers he's hiring to sue people, and how many bushes he can put down, including the mother. 
Yeah, Leslie, it's it's a really good question, and, and so I, I think there's there's a couple of things. I, I will say, generally speaking, and and putting aside kind of what what I think of their points of view, uh, I, I think actually some of the candidates are consistently talking about this. I'm not sure it gets picked up by the media all the time. Uh, I, I I do think other issues in crunch. I mean, it, it encroach on it. For instance, obviously the the succession for uh, late Justice uh, Scalia. Yeah, it is going to is going to dominate the you know the next couple of news cycles um, on the Republican side, and as well as Trump's insults, which seem to multiply uh, over over time. Uh, but but I will also say that they, I, I think the candidates, uh, the, most of the candidates recognize the importance and the power of this issue. I, I may not agree with them. On their policy prescriptions, uh, but I think they've learned that to be competitive in a state like uh, in a state like Ohio, which is one of the keys to the election, uh, th- this is something you have to be conversant about uh, and and have to give some uh, discussion to. Uh, I will also say, you know, at the debates, uh, there have been a couple questions about the the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement um, uh, and China, but then it's mostly focused on on Trump's kind of misstatements or exaggerations on on some of the facts of these important issues and and there, and there hasn't been nearly as much uh, back and forth or engagement uh, as as I would definitely uh, like to see moving forward. Uh, no question about it. Let's continue with some of the other candidates. And uh, before we go to the left, let's go to the right. Some people say that Donald Trump is terrific. Look at his poll numbers. But he hasn't said much on manufacturing. Um, he has said a heck of a lot about trade and how it affects manufacturing jobs in the U.S. But it, it, he talks about, like you said, China and particularly trade with China. But much like a lot of other stuff Donald says, and careful, Scott, because you know we might sue you, um, what are some facts missing in the China trade debate coming from uh, Donald Trump? And Donald Trump completely ignores the fact that he ships jobs not just to China but to Mexico and hasn't really changed the flow of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean after the fact, he claims that he's sorry about that, but it sure didn't stop him but he, but when he was making up. Right, it's not like I'm closing down my factory. <laughs> That's right. It was like, yeah, when he was making money off of it, he was perfectly fine with it. So, so, and I also think that you know, in his construction business, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, he likes to have it both ways. Oh, you know, if I could, if I could find this in America, I'd do it. But I can't find it. And what he doesn't talk about is, look, he looks, he looks to to to, to save money wherever he can if he if he thinks he can get a better deal uh and and so i don't think he's ever hesitated to to source a lot of his construction stuff from from overseas um and 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 he can again he can profess some commitment to to the american worker and he does talk about trade with china i'll give I'll, look i'll give him credit for that um but it's a again as i as i cautioned listeners earlier you got to take a lot of this with the, with a grain of salt um, um, I do think he has a point, and I and I really hope that the that the Republican candidates, uh, as well as Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, can flesh this out a little bit. Is look, our trade policy with China is not working. We're getting our clocks clean. We're losing a lot of jobs. We have a three hundred and sixty billion dollars, not five hundred billion dollars, as Trump says, but three hundred and sixty billion dollar 
annual trade deficit with China. Um, it's sapping some of our industrial capacity. We're actually dependent on China for some key parts for our own military equipment that is, again, trying to monitor things going on in China. That doesn't make sense. Uh, but you don't seem to have, like, a, a real policy conversation about what to do like about it. Like you might on ISIS, you find, you, I, I think you find a lot of conversation about that or, or, or immigration. And so hopefully as we get into more of these industrial states in March, that conversation will be flushed out. And we're going to certainly try to make sure that our advocates, and we have tens of thousands of them uh, in these states, uh, are, are playing an active role in trying to move this conversation forward. You wrote a great piece entitled Rising Morbidity and Mortality in Midlife Among White Non-Hispanic Americans in the uh, 21st uh, Century. Oh, actually, no, you wrote Trade is What Makes Trump's Campaign Tick. Wrong article. Um, like yours better, easier to say the title of, Scott. Trade is What Makes uh, Trump's Campaign Tick. Um, so this speaks into, and you write about, the rise of Donald Trump, right? Um, and there's a lot of questions about what he says, and you even question, uh, ask outright in the second sentence of your piece, a hypocritical champion of American manufacturing, uh, question mark, but you also ask how to explain the rise of Donald Trump, a nativist, um, is it all of the above? You are a critic, uh, and you make that very clear of Donald Trump. He is the GOP uh, frontrunner. You're not alone in critics. I am one of them, uh, and I know you are as well. Um, uh, speak to us more. We, we, you know, he, he, you were talking about where he's not providing facts with regard to China. And he says things like, we're going to beat China, Japan, beat Mexico at trade. But until there's anything that isn't just, like you said, said and promised in a campaign, but actually proposed to be done while president working with a Congress, with Dems and Republicans, I don't know if that could work with anybody, um, you need to have specifics and you need to have language regarding currency manipulation. And you need to have language specific to how do we flip the current deficit that we have with imports and exports on its ear. Yeah, it's, I mean, Trump's argument right now is that he's a business guy who's a winner and knows how to make deals and can out-negotiate anybody. Uh, and also that the Chinese love him because they, they buy his apartments and, you know, put, put their banks in his buildings. And so, so he knows them and, do, and does business with them. Um, and look, it's, it's nice to think that, right? I mean, it's, it's certainly nice to, nice, nice to think that. But I, I do, you know, it's going to take some, uh, some sophistication, some drive, um, uh, and uh, you know, I think a real policy uh, to turn things uh, around. That's not a matter of snapping your fingers uh, and making it and making it happen. And so you, you got to count on like you know Trump's word. He's like, trust me, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this. Um, and uh, when it does require. Uh, more than just like saying I'm a, I'm a great business guy and a savvy savvy negotiator. Now, I mean, this is what he says about a lot of these issues. You know, like I'm going to get Mexico. You know, I'm going to build the wall and get them to get them to pay for it. Um, you know, it, it's it, you, you, this runs to a lot of the claims that he made. And I, but I do want to say, Leslie, 
I'm glad he's raising trade with China because it's an important issue that doesn't get nearly enough attention, and it probably has a bigger impact on our economy than nearly any of these other issues that the candidates are talking about right now. I mean, our trade deficit, uh, including the trade deficit with China, actually brings down our, our, our economic growth, our, our gross domestic product, and it's one of the reasons why we've had kind of really sluggish, slow growth in the aftermath of the of the Great Recession. It has a lot to do with the rising inequality because the middle's getting hollowed out. Those jobs are the middle-class manufacturing jobs. They're getting shipped to China. The shareholders, the upper 1%, are, are better off. They're making more money. Uh, and other people are having to take lower-wage service sector jobs that, that, that tend to be not necessarily middle-class. And so there's a good reason to have a conversation policies about this. I'm not sure that the hyperbole helps. I just wish that some of the other candidates would come in, uh, talk seriously about trade with China, and, 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 and work to fill in some of the details here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what you heard me mentioned uh, prior to uh, Scott's piece, the rising morbidity and mortality and midlife among white, non-Hispanic Americans in the 21st century, and uh, how America's white working class is a dying breed, and what that means for manufacturing, and also what that means to the people running. We'll be back with Scott Paul, president of the AAM, right after this. Leslie Marshall, when the truth matters. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Studios. Thank you, Southern California Edison, for working on a holiday like I am and our guest as well, Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, thank you for holding a uh, welcome back. Anything uh, Before we get to, uh, we talked about China, we talked about Trump, we talked about the other candidates, but we did forget two people, and those are the, uh, the individuals running on the left, the Democrats, uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Where does Hillary Clinton, Mrs. Clinton, stand with regard to manufacturing? A lot of people, especially Democrats, especially pro-Bernie Democrats, have been angry with her because at first she was behind TPP, and then she had a change of heart. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's been the contention. I know Chuck Todd in one of the debates, you know, called her on it, said you were you were for it before you were you were against it. When are you going to go back to be being for it? Um, which was uh, you know, which, which was kind of judgmental, but but it really kind of called called uh, called Secretary Clinton out on it. Um, I, I do think when when you look, regardless of, of of where you are, if you're a Bernie supporter or a Hillary supporter, I think there's good news because both of these candidates really value uh, factory jobs uh, and, and think they're important to the American economy. Uh, Hillary Clinton has laid out a, a very detailed manufacturing policy plan that looks at tax policy, research and development, skills and training, uh, trade, and some other things. Bernie Sanders talks regularly about his opposition 
to trade agreements uh, that, that he believes are costing us jobs. He talks regularly about a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan for the United States uh, that would add a lot of manufacturing jobs. And so I think that theme of the middle class um, manufacturing jobs, uh, how, how to keep them here and how to get some back, is much more, much more central uh, to, to the message of, of those campaigns uh, than, to, than to nearly any of the Republicans. And, and you know, there I'll, I'll, I'll say that, yeah, Trump, I think every stump speech he talks about trade with China. And so I, I think that that's, you know, I, I don't think that either Clinton or Sanders talk about uh, trade with China as much as Trump does, uh, but, but I do think that they, from a policy perspective, have laid out some things that, that, that could be pretty encouraging uh, to, to, to manufacturing in the United States if they acted upon them. Okay, and let's talk about Bernie. Yeah, and, and Bernie is, um, look, Bernie is a force of nature on this, and he, uh, you know, he has, uh, you know, he, he had an event in Iowa uh, with the steelworker local union there at a, at a big tire factory. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, the hollowing out of, of the middle class. Uh, and, and I know just because my background is I worked on Capitol Hill uh, in the 1990s uh, when he was in the House of Representatives, uh, and I know he was he was very passionate uh, about these issues and spoke out about them uh, frequently, and does definitely believe that part of of uh, the economy, uh, part part of having a strong economy, is definitely having a strong manufacturing base, uh, and as well as empowered workers uh, who who are uh, in those factories uh, as well. So I I like I I look forward to those conversations because I do think that it's it's a uh, among the democrats it's kind of a race to the top i would say in terms of uh, supporting the middle class in manufacturing uh, whereas when you turn to a republican uh, conversation uh, for the most part uh, you're, you're just hoping to get you know a mention uh, you, you know here and there in between the uh, the, the bashing of obama and uh, and know. each other's family members <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right, Leslie. Their mothers. Exactly I, right. Their mother. I'm like, whoa, he did not go after Mrs. Bush, who I'm not a fan of. Let's uh, go to a woman. It is not Mrs. Bush, but she is in the same state, and that's Susie in Texas, line one. Susie, thank you for listening to us on Progressive Voices. Very quickly, question or comment for Scott. We have less than a minute. Yes, Leslie, thank you for your program. Um, your guest said that he worked with uh, Bernie Sanders in the 90s when he was in the House. I would like to ask him, do you remember, do you recall when Bernie Sanders wrote that legislation, he worked with then Governor George W. Bush to bring the nuclear waste and dump it in Sierra Blanca, Texas. That's east. Of okay, El that's Paso. a quick because uh, of time. That, uh, that question. Uh, thank you, Susie Scott. Do you? Uh, recall? That's, a, that's a great question. Just to clarify, I didn't work for Bernie Sanders. I was I was uh, worked for one of the Democratic leaders at the time, so I was very aware of him. I am. I don't know much about that issue, uh, but but it sounds like something that's very concerning to to to, to Susie clearly. Uh, absolutely. Well, Scott, we'll have you back to talk about the demographics because they do change and the white guys are running scared <laughs> as uh, that year 2054 is on the horizon. Scott, thank you for joining us. Scott Paul is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM, S-C-O-T-T-P-A-U-L-A-A-M. And the website for American Manufacturing is AmericanManufacturing.org. 